right, and welcome to episode five of the Retro Anime Podcast with your hosts Ian and Lewis. Say hello, Lewis. Hiya, how are you getting on? I'm very well, thanks. How are you in this lovely sunny Sunday afternoon? How is it in Ireland? Uh, it's very windy, uh, but very sunny. I might have to shut my window, actually. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I'm ridden with the flu, so I'm not enjoying it as much as I should. Oh, dear. Mm. Burning a candle at both ends, Lewis. Never. Yeah. Can only do it while you're young. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So today, um, well, actually, before we get started, uh, one thing I did want to say. Um, so in episode one, we reviewed the film Odin, um, a very divisive film. We quite liked oh. it, um, despite its very, very many obvious flaws. Um, and I'm quite happy to say uh. that um, Mike Tool who's um, a regular features writer for the um, Anime News Network. Um, he'd been running a top 100 anime films on that site, and I was very pleased to see that Odin actually made it in, crept in at number 100. Um, oh. And his comments actually were fairly similar to mine. It's 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 flawed. It's a flawed beauty. Um, yeah. You know, it has a lot of obvious problems, but it's in many ways... Um, there's a certain charm about it which we both we both said in the review yeah, so uh, yeah. that did make me happy so i do recommend going on in that it's got some quite interesting um stuff in there so today's episode um the theme for today um we're looking at some renowned sci-fi mecha directors from the 80s who um who then had a go at producing fantasy anime um, Lewis, you're a big an- uh, fantasy fan, aren't you? I am, yeah, I love it. It's my lifeblood. So, um, yeah, and I'm a very, very big sci-fi mecha fan. So um, so what we're looking at, we're looking at Arian, which was directed by um, Yoshikazu Yasuhiku, um, a very, very uh, prolific um, manga car um, and character designer, um, did... Um, Character designs for Zambot 3, the original Gundam TV series. He directed stuff like Giant Gorg, Venus Wars, and the Crusher Joe um, movie, which he also uh, created as well. And he created the Gundam The Origin manga, which is kind of like a prequel to the uh, TV series. Um, So, yeah, very, very predominantly sci-fi work. He didn't actually do another non-sci-fi. He did an OVA adaption of the um, Boys Love manga called the uh, the poem of the wind and trees um that i've never seen i've seen all of his other work apart from that at the moment it's quite quite hard to find the other thing we're going to look at is um an ova called mosaico which was directed by um ryosuke takahashi takahashi was an absolute powerhouse at sunrise um during the 80s created um Armored Dream of Votomes, um, probably his most famous creation, um, but he did other sort of very big um, 80s epics such as uh, Fang of the Sun, Dugram, Pounds of World Galleon and SPT uh, Lazener. And he was actually very active through the 90s and um, through the 2000s as well, um, producing stuff like Flag and Gasaraki. Um, and I think his very last... Uh, he didn't finish the Votome story and, until uh, it was about eight years ago, I think he finished it. Um, I've actually finished watching, I've been re-watching all of the Votomes anime. Um, I actually finished the TV series yesterday and it is absolutely su- um, superb. Now, um, given the other powerhouse of 80s sci-fi at Sunrise, because um, uh, Yasuhiko did a lot of his work with Sunrise as well, I'm always going to include Yoshiyuki Tamino's Gazi's Wing, but um, it is kind of bad. Well, not kind of bad, it is bad. <laughs> I didn't quite want to subject you to it at the moment, so we'll... Um, no. Um, we'll review that as part of um, a sort of best of the worst of retro anime on a, on a yeah. future episode. But Mint actually, that. in, in um, doing this, I actually saw that um, some other podcasts had, had covered it recently. So the uh, Warui Deshu podcast... Um, they recently did a commentary track on it and a review, um, which is very entertaining and quite funny. So please do go and check um, check them out. You can find them on Twitter at Deshu, which is W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. And the um, Anime of Yesteryear podcast reviewed it uh, last year. Um, they were doing a, a, a Takahashi versus Tamino um 
sort of series of um, podcasts. So you can find them on Twitter at AOY Podcast. I'll put links up on the website for this as well. So first up, we're going to review Arian, or to give it its full Japanese title, Neo Heroic Fantasia Arian. Mm-hmm. So this is a 1986 film designed, uh, directed by Yoshikazu Yasuhiko, produced by Sunrise, and it was actually an adaptation of uh, Yasuhiko, um, he's actually commonly known as Yaz, um, of his manga of the same name, which ran from 1979 to 1984. So what is Arian about? So Arian, uh, as a young boy, is tricked by Hades and is taken to the underworld where he is trained to become a warrior strong enough to defeat even a god. Thrusted into a war among the Titan brothers, Arian embarks on a colossal saga towards the Olympus, home of Zeus. So, Lewis. Yes. What did you think? Mother again. It felt um, it felt like you were part of the long journey epic. Sat watching it. <laughs> so many things. Honestly, I feel I did enjoy the experience, but I felt like I need to sit down again with a notepad and just be like, "All right, that's one <laughs> yeah. thing. All right, that's another plot point. Oh, okay, I, I there's a lot going on in it. It has to be so said. many characters and yeah. so many different motives. It is. It's like watching um, it's watching a trilogy compressed into. <laughs> into a two-hour movie yeah um, and it's 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 like the original star wars trilogy of political maneuvers and trade disputes uh <laughs> but uh ancient greece anime version yeah i mean i i absolutely love arian i i really 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 like it i've i've seen it you know quite a few times over i think i first saw it about five years ago um and i've seen it four or five times now i think um yeah and I, I absolutely love it i think it is a really really good entertaining film um it's you know it's it's got a lot of twists and turns but for me it plays out in quite a logical order um and it's you know it's a real traditional like sword and sandals fantasy adventure it film is, you it know is, it's yeah. you know it's kind of like um you know, almost like the original Ben Hur sort of thing. You know, it's got yeah. that kind of epic scale to it. It does have an epic scale to it because it does take its time. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't. It's not worried about its sort of pacing as such. It's more concerned about this is the story we want to tell. This is exactly what we're going to tell, <laughs> and you are going to sit down and watch it. And I'm I'm happy with it. I I, I very much thought that it was uh, Swords and Santos Swords and Santos fantasy epic that. I felt exhausted afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those films you do in, you do invest in it because an awful lot goes on, mm. and throughout the film there are um, cut scenes with narration that sort of puts a you know, and it, yeah. it you know, and rather than sort of animate and play that out, you know, because it could, you know, if you animated all those bits, you could add, easily add another hour to the film, and I think they yeah, quite effect, I think they quite effectively move the story along from one bit to the next. Um, mm. in, in, and again, it feels quite old fashioned, you know, in, you know, again, using Ben Hur as an example, you know, you get the, um, the cards come up with, with a bit of text on them and stuff. I, I think they're a very effective use of moving the story along and explain, and just a quick bit of exposition to move on to the next thing without, without this film becoming an, you know, a three hour monster. Yeah, indeed. It's, um, it's, it does have some strange cut scenes in it. Yeah. Uh, where I'm not sure about the audio choices that were made. Some, you know, so it tries to tell you a bit of story and background to some of the characters, like, um, when they, uh, when they first in- introduce Apollo. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it does this really strange stuff with, um, the girl's voice, um, and then, sort of it's vibrates off the walls as such and they try and do that with weird clipping and audio techniques that don't sometimes don't work and it feels more abrasive than uh fulfilling yeah i mean there is there is a bit of um 80s you know pre-computer sound sound effect stuff and and yeah and it's admirable in in how they've tried to do it but yeah like i say some of the execution yeah um because sometimes I had to pause it. I was like, is, "Have I got a bad playback? Have I? <laughs> uh, do I?" 
Do I have something wrong with my edition? Oh, oh no, no, it's okay. It's actually meant to be that way. Yeah, I think. I mean, as I said I absolutely love it. I think it plays on, um, you know, the whole introduction. I think of Hades and Arian, um, mm. and how um, how he sort of tricks Arian away from um, Demeter. Mm. Um, into the underworld to go and fight on, you know, and it does that, and then you know, there's a big, you know, you get one of these cutscenes, and then you see the, um, you know, the young adult Arian, and then he starts his, um, his journey epic, his is his epic, um, and I think it's quite good because there are, which we won't, we won't spoil, but no. you know, there are a certain various twists and turns in it, um, and some of them, um, it depends how well I say some of them are obvious. Depends how well you know Greek mythology, because it yeah. does play very, very fast. Um, it does. And loose with Greek mythology. Because, um, I mean, I, I, I know I knew a little bit, but I didn't know too much. And it wasn't until after I'd seen it the first time that I went and looked up um, some stuff about it. And, to, mm. um, and yeah, it's there's certain bits of it that are accurate. Um, Arian um, was actually... Um, Arian in Greek mythology was actually a horse side by Prometheus and Demeter while they were both in horse form. Mm. Um, so, you know, Demeter and Prometheus play a, a significant role in this, but not, not quite true to, um, true to no, Greek mythology. Not to, to, true to form in more yeah. uh, ways so than one. And those. <laughs> there are things that happen in it, which, you know, do come as genuine twists and turns. Um, they are not, yeah. not, particularly you know broadcast um that they're going to happen um it's a wonderful little ode to you know ode to greek mythology yeah because, i think it is because it, it does contain all of these um you know stories of the, the titans weren't you know god they were gods but they were human in the yeah. mistakes they made and and also in the you know the, the way they plot plotted and conspired and everything else and it is it is one huge journey through greek conspiracy and and battling gods and legendary monsters and things like that and it's it the plot points change so often i mean maybe i think it's every 10 minutes you you have yeah. something that you, you need to, you're like okay we've shifted focus here but it's not a it's not a like a oh what we've shifted focus but it's like yes of course we've shifted focus so we've overcome this one greek storyline now we're moving on to the next one um yeah, because, I mean, it does fit a lot of the characters in. I mean, because there are an awful lot of characters in this film. Oh, mm, and, yeah. and it it squeezes in pretty much everyone from Greek mythology. Well, you've got, got Gaia, you've got, I can't remember what they're called now, but you've got the uh, three... Gaia, Ares, Apollo. Um, yeah, you've got the three, three... witches um, that yeah, Zeus course, calls the... upon the, the, the Trists uh, or something, whatever they're uh, called. Uh, Trists, yeah, you've got all of them, you've got um, Neptune and... Um, his, uh, you know, his his kids, and you know, you've got the other one, the um, the old man that sits on top of the mountain, and and the and the monster. You know, they're all actual people or characters from Greek mythology, and it squeezes yeah. them all in. But mm. I think, it, and this is, you know, Yaz. I think credit to Yaz's skill as a writer is that it doesn't feel particularly overcrowded to me. No, despite all those characters. They get adequate skiing time. You know what they're doing. You know what their motives are. Yeah, and they all seek. They, all the characters are a place to sort of fulfil more about uh, Arian and yeah. uh, progress him further. Yes. So that's. And I think that's one of the very clever bits about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like introducing a character for the sake of introducing a character. They're all supporting characters, yeah. but strong enough to have their like. You can sit down and watch a five to ten minute scene with them. And, and but you'd still be thinking about Arian's place and you know what he must be doing in the meantime. So it's yeah, it's a, really I, impressive actually because uh, yeah, the sheer amount of characters that are on that have screen time, um, and it doesn't feel like you're getting lost in the in the tide of flow. No, absolutely. And again, and and credit to to the right to his writing, and exactly as you say, in that they all support Arian's story. He's taken Greek mythology and bent it and twisted it and you know to mm. to create this credible cohesive fluent story around arian um, yeah which which isn't you know and, and this is where it plays fast and loose with the greek mythology but it, it, they center and they support this story around arian um 
that you can and you can follow it. I mean, it is a complicated story, but you can follow it, you know, and it makes logical sense. There's no gaping holes in it um, at all. It's just, you know, it's just a very well written action romp, you know, and it's and there's plenty to enjoy about it. Despite it's that, it's two hours running time. It's a long film. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do want to sit down with a notepad as well for, yeah. for myself because I, I felt like I wouldn't get enough out of it sitting down watching it without. I did sort of regret the fact about halfway through when <laughs> yeah because halfway through you get through to this weird point where Arian you feel like you've shredded uh, Arian's pre- previous life after this entire because um, only it's only about thirty minutes in where you, the first massive story hike happens yeah. and like all. You know, the gods are in one place, Arian's mixed up in the middle of it, you know, he gets baited around a little bit by um by Apollo and placed it at the front of, you know, Fate's door. Uh we're not gonna spoil anything, but it, you're like I feel like we've overcome a massive character point here that normally uh, by a, a standard would be at the end of a the film. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. It is a. It feels like multitude of films. Like what I meant by a trilogy. A trilogy compressed into into one film is because it's like you you're following the life or life and times of Arian. Because yeah. every every thirty minutes or so, you feel like you've just watched what could be made into one single <laughs> movie. Because you're like, oh, okay, well he's gone ahead and done that, and now. But uh, the Greek mythology in general is so wacky. And so out there that <laughs> you could do what you want with it. Um, yeah. and yeah, to make, I mean, so that's to make an actual cohesive, you could, like, you, it, yeah, you could adapt it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very pliable. Um, because again, depending on which era of, depending on who was writing and, um, there's various versions of Greek mythology depending on the, the period that, that adapted yeah. it. Um, all of them incestuous though. All of them incestuous, and the, yeah, and this film is incestuous. <laughs> yeah, the Greek, the Greeks were the, the first very, you know, liberals. They're, they're, they're the liberals. Yeah. yeah, the OG liberals. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's, I mean, there's that bit where um, Athena had, um, she, <clears throat> her, you know, her and she's always trying to get Apollo, her brother, into bed. Yeah. Um, and there's that bit where she goes, sort of, you know. Full on whore and you know, yeah. next to nothing with a boob hanging out and and he sort of you know he's, he's, not, he's not interested in there because he's yeah. uh, he, he's more interested in um uh, what's her name Despoina yeah. um you know and it's all over it's all over the place through this film mm. um which actually one of the things because Arian's never been released in the West I can't see it's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, yeah, and I can't see they ever got a VHS release, uh, release as well. So, and I always wondered because there's a bit at the beginning, there's a few bits of child nudity, like when you see young Arian as a boy, you yeah. see him nude, you know. And yeah. I sometimes think I wonder whether that those bits and sensitive times, perhaps. Um, I just I just wonder whether that's just those things. Mm. I've just you know because. To edit them out would actually fundamentally spoil the film. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's purity is in its honesty. So. Yeah. And I do wonder if, if those bits of ever, those elements of it, which are absolutely key to the story um, mm. in, in, in many ways. Um, like you say, it's the purity of what the, the story was about and, you know, mm. the Greek mythology and... Um, and it's not doesn't hide anything behind it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I always I do wonder if that was ever a um a barrier to it to it getting released. Hmm. So um. It's, yeah, there, it's, there, I see the potential in that. Because it's I mean there's no it's very blatant I mean there's no um. <laughs> you know it's it's they don't skirt around it or anything it's it's full on. It's just yeah very very incestuous, you know because. For a long time, Arian and believes that Despoina is um, Despoina is is um, his sister and stuff, and mm. and they're always lusting after each other and stuff as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, I mean, you, you you couldn't remove it without fundamentally destroying the film. No, no not yeah. at all. Let's talk about um, the 
music and the action scenes mm. uh, and the, the animation that sort of is intrinsic to that. Um, the first proper battle um, that we won't, you know, spoil or anything else, but there obviously it's Greek uh, yeah. mythology. It's a war of the gods, the Titans. Um, and this, the first battle scene where everything's taking place, there are so many characters on screen. Oh, I know. And it looks gorgeous. Absolutely looks outstanding. Where, 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 um, uh, you know, Poseidon is, is, uh, you know, neck deep in, in a tide of, of enemies. It's yeah. just like, the, 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 you can feel the gravity of his character is like really well portrayed through, um, and the light, the use of lighting they use on that scene as well, where like he's, he shines gold before his swings and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you, you really feel the power of the, of the scene. And they, they did have fun with that. Uh, and it shows. Yeah. And they really went, um, they really went to town on it. Um, and it's, I mean, we've, the, the, the version we watched was a Blu-ray, um, for this. And, mm. you know, it really, really does. And I think, as I said on the previous podcast, um, with Angel's Egg, you know, this, this time mid eighties, was when animation got really, really, really good. And this is another really good example of it. I mean, it mm. is a, a full 10 out of 10 for animation. It's, It looks absolutely stunning. As you say, there is just so much going on in these battle scenes. Yeah. Um, and like I say, all the detail for lighting, the amount of bodies that are moving and limbs that are moving, <clears> it's... <throat> You know, it's a it's a full on, fully animated, and and not just once, but repeatedly through the film. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the, the marching at the end, oh, yeah. just, everything is so meticulously crafted. Um, and I think that I had a point there, and now I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Wait, where is it? Come back to me. The <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Oh, go ahead, you you go. I, oh, I was saying, it. you know, the bit where they um they uh, um assault Mount Olympus at the end, mm. and you've got that um the big flying monster thing that 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 they they team up with with the old yeah. the old man, and all that with with the with the the cannons. I mean, it's just you know, and they're all in that valley battling their way into well. Olympus. I mean, it's just oh. absolutely mind blowing, and and that's where if you like traditional. Those traditional sword and sandals, Spartacus, Ben Hur, um, <clears throat> you know things even like the Vikings, um, those sort of epic sixties and seventies films. I mean, this film, this feels like a cinematic, you know, an animated version of that. And it's and mm. all the things that made those films really good: good characters, strong story, amazing, um, fluid, and you know, animated and moving. Um, action battle sequences this film is just exactly that but in an anime film um mm. it is mind-blowing and again um yeah joe uh, higaishi's um soundtrack is absolutely outstanding um mm. and really really again just complements it has the right feel you know it has it has that sort of yeah. greeky oldie feel to it, it Really, really suits the film. Yeah, the ambience and the sound design is fantastic. Really, like there's there's periods of silence where mm. they in character dialogue where it really just sort of the music kind of really takes takes the forefront, and uh, and you you just sat there thinking, good god, well done. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's like it's, that's what I mean. Like the first when you come to that first battle scene, and it's because there's so much going on on the screen because it's so much time and and obviously resources dedicated to that initial to that fight you're thinking that's where i paused it and i was like hang on have i reached the end of the movie <laughs> like yeah because typically like the, the, the level of quality that you put into you know a final fight scene which is why i was even more blown away by by the ending of the movie uh simply because you don't expect that level of detail to be invested and that level of that amount of resources to be invested so early on yeah yeah, because you've got the whole of um, Poseidon's armada, mm. you know, and all of his, you know, soldiers, and then all of Athena's soldiers. Oh, I mean, it is just, it is spectacular. Yeah, really, I mean, it really, amazing. really is. And, and they say, and they do it like three times. Yeah, through the they film. Do it three times, and it's not even just humans, you know. It's not even like they could reuse those resources. They've yeah. got, you know, they've got true to form the lizard men. Um, yeah, uh, mer people. Yeah, uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful. Um, demigods and, and creatures that are fighting for both sides and it's just absolute madness going on uh 
But it clicks but yeah, along, I'd... but again, but it all holds together. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and it all, it and doesn't feel like... it's still about old... Arian as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh. absolutely, and he's still, the, 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 you know, the, the, the story still centres around him, and it moves him. I mean, yeah, I'll say, I think it's a, I really do generally feel it's a, um, a masterpiece. Um, mm. Interestingly, um, you know, talking about the animation, it does look fantastic, but it absolutely does look very, very Yaz as well um yeah. the, well, I, I, i'm not i'm not um an authority on that because that's my first uh, thing i've watched of his yeah I so you've not um because um because you're not overly familiar with the original gundam series but arian well I, character- I, I did watch the original gundam series with you i believe when i was a lot younger yeah i think we watched the movie trilogy together we probably did yeah did, yeah but arian is i mean looks he just looks identical to amaru ray who's the you know the main protagonist in. Um, let me the let me film. let me. Have a look at look up Amaru Ray, A M U R O Ray. Oh yes, of course. No, yeah, no, we yeah, really watched absolute, this absolute spit. <clears throat> and there's other things like that as well. Um, Apollo um, looks exactly like Bright Noah, who's the uh, captain of the White Base, um, and is actually even voiced by the same person. Um, Hirotaka, Shizuki, um, you know, it's there's loads and loads of familiar. Um, if you look at any of Yaz's character designs through Mobile Suit Gundam, through any of the other things, Venus Wars, Giant Gorg, you know, he has a very, very, very um, and Gundam: The Origin, which has now been turned into an OVA, he's been running for the last eighteen months or two years or whatever. Um, mm. He has a very, very distinctive um, character design style. Um, and it's very, very evident in here, which, you know, I mean, while it looks amazing, and I think he has got a great style, but, you know, it kind of feels like sometimes he does kind of reuse characters. Um, and it's mm. quite interesting as well, because a lot of the voices in this, so um, Zeta Gundam was kind of, was airing at a similar time, and a lot of the voice actors from Zeta Gundam are actually in Arian as well, so um, probably put them under the same contract and was yeah. just like, yeah, we could pay them less. <laughs> yeah, they're all, all yeah. wrapped up in the same um, <clears throat> same thing. I mean, it's it's quite it's quite interesting um, the the link to Gundam because I think the second or third time I watched it, I kind of I think when the second or third time I'd watched it, I'd recently watched the original uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. TV series, um, and actually, there are a lot of things in in Arian that that feel a bit like um, Gundam. In the way Gundam, the story in Gundam plays out, there are Char- there are elements char- character progression. Tactics, Some of the par- sure. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very they're very very different, but at the same time, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. And at the Motives end of Gundam, are just cleverly disguised as yeah, uh, yeah. And Gund- you know, and and Yaz is heavily involved in Gundam, yeah, as well. And the final confrontation between Arian Apollo and um, Desponia mm. feels a lot like, in the way some of that plays out, and the interactions between the characters does feel a lot like the final confrontation between Amaru Shah and Lala at the end of Mobile Suit Gundam, especially um, in the movies. Amaru Shah, he's the one with the long blonde hair, is he not? Yeah. Uh, because he, he reminds Shah. me a lot of of. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's the one in the red Gundam. Yeah. Oh, the red, uh, yeah. The red mobile suit, that's right. Red yeah. mobile suit, that's the one. Uh, he looks, he reminded me a lot of Apollo. Yeah. No, you say that, because he looks the same as well. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's, yeah, that's what I mean. There, there, there are, if you're very familiar with the original Gundam TV series, especially mm. the, the original series in the movies, um, and certainly I think a bit out of um, Zeta as well. There are familiar. There are common. There are some common things on this. Yeah, because he's got his cockiness, hasn't he? He's got his, Apollo has his cockiness. Yeah, absolutely. And his sort of like um, wanting to be the bystander, still you know witnessing, you know intending to be his yeah. you know final enemy. Um, yeah, and that's, <clears> what, it's, it's that's what I say. That's where the final that final confrontation. There are. Similarities in the feel and the way it plays out between between the two. Yeah. Because um, actually, we had our first um, question from the um, Anime UK News um, forums on this. So I've got a, a thread going on on that. Um, mm. 
and and he asked he asked it predominantly for originally about um, Mosaica, but it then but he did say, you know, does this apply to uh, Yasuhiko as well? He said he said, do these fantasy works carry over any of the elements from the director's sci-fi anime? And for yes, Arian, you can I say yes. absolutely say yes. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I I, I hadn't made that connection naturally because I, I I did not know he was um, on the original Gundam series uh, until you pointed that out. But now that you've mentioned it, I can see the characters' yeah. replications. Um, well, so not I, that it's a bad thing. No, no. Because um, you know why kill off what works. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't I don't think it takes that connection. I don't think it takes anything away from no. Arian at all. It's still an, a superb film. Um, and it didn't. And to be honest, I didn't twig the first time I watched it. And I think maybe I'd watched it again, but it was only when I'd, and I think coincidentally, I'd seen and recently, yeah, the the Gundam TV series, and then I watched this maybe within, uh, you know, a three to four month period or something like that, a couple mm. of years ago, and I thought, oh, actually, do you know what? There's, I can really, I can really see it, but yeah. I had, I had to have seen Gundam recently to really, to to pick up on it. I, you know, I think if I'd not seen Arian close to watching Gundam. Um, mm. I, I maybe not have sort of picked up on it so much. Because um, quite interesting, um, you know, we both quite like it, but generally Arian gets very, very average reviews. Um, and what, know, what's the primary reason for that? Yeah, I mean, I don't... If you look at just general scores and, and comments about it, you know, it generally gets, um, I think... I don't know. Maybe it feels a bit old-fashioned, or or something. I, I don't know. But I don't, uh, the only thing I deduct points on for is it was occasional like strange audio choices, you know, and and um, and that's really about it. It is a bit all over the place, um, and there's a lot to take in. So it is an investment, but I wouldn't deduct it points because of that. No. Yeah, I, I was quite <clears> surprised. I was I was I was scanning around. Um, looking some, you know, just going through the internet, looking for bits about it and trying to keep trying to gain a feel for it. Um, yeah, generally, generally gets very average, very very average, you know, middle in five or six out of ten sort of scores. So, which um, really really surprised me. So, so yeah. anything else you want to add, Lewis? Um, no, not before my final. Yeah, Point so, score. So, yeah. would you want to go first, or? Yeah, well, for me, for me, Arian is a ten out of ten. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely adore this film. It looks great. I think it's a great <clears> story. <throat> I think it's got great characters. It, it, it's a full two hours of entertainment. I don't think it drags anywhere. You know, it cleverly uses the the narration cut screens to 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 move big chunks of story along. Um, you know, I can, and kind of what I was saying about when I gave Ghost in the Shell nine and a half. I said there are films that I like more than Ghost in the Shell, and Arian. Mm. I mean, I, I, I could, I, you know, I, I really look forward to watching Arian. You know, watching mm. Arian is never a chore to me. Um, yeah, I just think it, I, I just think it's a real masterpiece. I really do. Mm. Interesting. That's fair points. Um, I will give it a nine or an eight or a nine out of ten because i need to watch it again and uh if 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 you're a first time viewer it is something you need to dedicate four hours to a two-hour movie <laughs> because you it need and you need some prep work you mean you need about 30 for me i needed about 30 minutes of pre-work pre-workout game <laughs> right you know you want your you want your you want your protein shake there next to you um, just just your pre-workout shake and sit down. Maybe you know a few snacks around within arm's reach. <laughs> and I, I, you, you're gonna need to sit down with a notepad as well. Um, and, and if you really want to invest it, you'd be like, okay, this, 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 and this. Um, because sitting down and just taking it in, you can't just sit down and watch this movie because no, it it, you, it just bombards you with Greek mythology oh, and, and plot say, points and everything else, and you're like, good god. But I have I to say, there, there are bits I pick up. Every, it's one of those films that, <clears throat> that I, I, I kind of get something new from it every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something I, I haven't quite, I've overlooked in previous viewings and something. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. I mean, there is a, there is an awful lot going on in it. There's, um, there's no doubt about that. Indeed. 
Yeah, so I give it an eight or a nine out of ten. Cool. Uh, and I only deduct those small points just because uh, I was blindsided with a left hook with uh, <laughs> its quality, I guess, and also um, just a few audio things that kind of like uh, it really upset me. So fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I, but I, I, I did. They, I did they love didn't it. interact it enough for me to to take points no, away. No, like, so fair I, enough. I kind of can easily overlook that, but. No, yeah. but that, that's, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Good. All right, well, next up, it's... Mosaica. Perfect. Okay, and so, what is Mosaica? So, Mosaica was a four-part OVA released in 1991, um, obviously directed by Ryusuke Takahashi and produced by Studio Dean, uh, quite quite a popular, very active sort of uh, studio back in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, it was actually created by Norio um, Shiyama, who uh, actually was um, the character designer for most of um, the uh, Takahashi's mecha shows or the, the, that uh, Takahashi directed. So um, he actually had to go. I think it's one of his only sort of creative efforts. So uh, what's Mosaika about? So in the land of Mosaika, Lord Sazara has taken over, aided by his sorcerer, Karu Maharu Udanti uh, tried to lead a rebellion against him and was executed. Now, ten years later, his son U Tarumaru uh, vows to end Sazara's reign. So, Lewis, Mosaika. Mm. Mosaika, um, I had my own synopsis for the ah, story. Okay, after Go watching for it. it. Um, the story of a budding leader of a demon cult. His charisma is enough to fool an entire army of people into following him to their death as human sacrifices <laughs> that he may take revenge on some goods who killed his father. <laughs> yeah, pretty much spot on. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, much better synopsis. Maybe you need to write the synopsis in the future, Lewis. <laughs> uh, quite, yeah. quite, uh, so, quite a strange one. Yeah. Like a... So what did you think of it? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, yeah, it was, it was like, there was, there was some cool suspenseful, um, moments in it. Uh, I quite liked, um, the music, the way some of the scenes built. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, some of the scenes were built up nicely. Some of the, uh, so the sequences were actually fun. Some of the characters I quite enjoyed. Um, but that's about it really. There was no form to it as such it felt no. a bit hollow I mean I really did not care for the main character at all in no, fact no. I only really cared about um, the only two characters I really cared about and their their story was uh, Durahan and Jaika um, who's the sort of the wind Durahan's the, yeah, the wind so character the wind, and, yeah. and and his sort of like pro, uh, protege or his uh, yeah. student that he left behind to lead the musketeers or uh, and actually, that that was the most interesting story to me. That the the main story I did not care for. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. It, it, I agree. It was kind of hollow. Episode one and most of episode four I thought were quite good, but episode two and three I found really boring. They were just, they were just unexciting. Episode two made the most sense out of all of them. Mm, yeah, I guess. I, I it, was, it was just paced nicely. Yeah, it kind of moved the story, but I kind of found it unexciting. It, yeah. For me, it just kind of went through the motions. Um, yeah. And as I thought much of uh, episode three, pretty much did as well. Um, you know, the trot up to the to the the assault on the um, butt plug castle. Um, <clears throat> yeah, really weird, like sort of pill esque yeah. magi castle. <laughs> um, when they when they had that scene revealing it, I was like, oh, all right, that's. Not really what I was expecting. No. Um, especially with like grand castles of people's faces and uh, a giant flying arm spaceship. Fortress. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It was. And kind then of... we go to Pillbox um, Castle to rescue <laughs> Fair Maiden. Yeah, it was because um, I watched this. I mean, I watched this once many, many years ago when I was fully into first watching all of other Takahashi's other works like Votomes and Dugram and all the rest of it. Mm. And this was him. So I watched it and I kind of, I th- my memory is that I kind of quite liked it, but mm. I couldn't remember much about it. I certainly could remember the fist, the fist fortress 
and the the um the furry guy that that helps um Tamaru. Yeah, he's my favorite. Um he is the best character in it. I think he yeah. he he he's well, he's well um in what is quite um a dirge of well a, a complete lack of um character development well. and any sort of outstanding characters. I think he he is really good, really good. Yeah, him, Jaika, and Dorahan were the, the most yeah. interesting. Um, I could, if I focus my attention solely on that, I could quite easily forget uh, our main protagonist. Yeah, because because the, the other thing for me is that ultimately it just didn't resolve the story. Mm. It got to the end. I mean, Sazara and um, Karu, you know, the, the wizard Karu Maharu. They feature quite heavily in the first couple, but they literally are absent <clears throat> from the final episode. Yeah, and, it's a strange one, and it's it doesn't—it really... just doesn't resolve anything. Yeah, they set them up because every uh, it, the intro is there every time, and it like pre-rolls the yeah. the sequence. It's like you know, big big bad Sarahan or uh, Sarazan and his corruptor, the 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 wizard guy, and you only see his little wormy esque. Uh, face in the first episode and a little bit of the second. Yeah, I think it is. And then the rest of it is non-consequential. It might as well have been um, your man. What was his name? Dora. Yeah. Yeah, Dora has. Um, it might as well have just been him, the bad guy. Yeah, they just exactly. Rejigged that because... along because he was just supposed to, you know, he's just big, imposing um, brick wall to climb over, and uh, they don't build Sarazan at all. Exactly. So the the intro. Exactly right. The intro sets up Sazara and Karu Maharu as the yeah, main antagonists, it. but actually Dora, he is the main yeah, antagonist for, throughout yeah. the series. And like I say, the other, the, 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 and so you know, um, Taramaru is getting supposed to be getting his revenge on Sazara, and he doesn't at all. Um, so it's it's a really odd one. It kind of. It kind of has that feel, mm. like it was supposed to be more episodes. Yeah, I, and it, may, it just maybe got... like a second hike. So yeah, I've done. I was I've doing some digging on it to see um, if there was anything that someone had scanned. I mean, there's very. I mean, there's very very little um, out there on 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 Mosaic, Yeah, there which... is. I, I had a little a little, little butchers around as well for something similar. Um, there's nothing, and there's nothing to indicate that it that it was supposed to be six episodes or you know half a dozen or something, and it got curtailed because mm. it certainly feels like um, they were almost possibly like halfway through animating the fourth episode, um, and then you know the studio goes, oh, do you know what? The first three videos haven't sold very well. We're gonna we're gonna cut it off <laughs> here, and they had to just suddenly then wrap the story up, you know, mm, and it wrapped yeah. up there without resolving the main, um, without, without resolving the main story. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool episode, episode four. Yeah. I liked episode um, four. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. And, and with definitely... desert egg bird person <laughs> yeah. is, um, I, I honestly thought, cause we hadn't seen, um, you know, the, there's the little uh, sort of travelling bard, sort of, you know, yeah. mysterious prophet. Yeah. I honestly thought that thing was him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the... yeah, I could get that, yeah. Yeah, and I honestly thought that was him, um, but just the with the travelling bard who kept disappearing and everything else, just like, I thought that was just projection, like, uh, human form. Yeah. And then when it sort of, like, came up, because it's sort of a similar voice, but when it started, like, flying through the air and you saw his little moustache as well, I was like, that's exactly what the moustache that guy's got, but it never is... It's just never that that literally that character that owl thing whatever the hell it is is just does not matter. No, it's inconsequential to the story. Yeah, it's the only thing I thought like maybe if I drew some sort of meaning to it is like oh you know like um, uh, Utara is sorry what's his um what Taramaru. what's this Ta- yeah Utara um, is tested in the desert much like yeah. you know you know. Jesus's or something like that, and I was like, oh, maybe. Oh no, that's a bit of a far stretch. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it just it seems kind of, like a weird bridge. It does seem, you know, it's again, it feels like possibly part of a bigger story. 
because he sat there for a thousand years ignoring you know the chaos and the bad stuff that's gone around happened around him mm. and then maybe he would have had some bigger impact on actually um defeating Sazara and helping um Tarumu. but yeah it just it doesn't he sort of says some cryptic you know stuff and yeah, you know, um, and just just and and literally and disintegrates, disintegrates, much like away. it is into so, my memories. Um, yeah, because it was kind of like again, it kind of felt like well, we needed to this, we need to um, oh, he was going to do this, but now we need to close his story out. Oh, we'll just have him disintegrate. You know? Yeah, we'll just have him go. I want to watch this battle. Oh, whoops, and you know, it's still. It, I think they could have made him a little bit. Made a little bit more sense out of it if they had at least tried to tie him into uh, Lord Sazamor Frazzle and, uh, and Sorcerer Kamu Haha. Yeah. Um, uh, because there could be some interesting ties of sort of like, you know, demonic energy and like this corruption that's going on and stuff like that. And well, that I don't know. That would have made sort of more sense with the when the demons came to life and everything. Yeah. Um, because that was obviously a big, um, and that's you know that's what part of what made episode four really good was it all kind of happened and got going. Yeah, that's um, why that's why I got my synopsis from. I was like, oh my god, he's literally led them to their deaths. Yeah. So he can awaken demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite literally like, like oh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, because oh. it is it is funny the way. Um, you know when they're in in the valley and they wedge them all up in the valley and there's just this massive. There's just this massive fight. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the there is that massive fight, and it's just like oh, devastation. At least like it made sense because the the whole foreshadowment of from the first episode, the guys the, the guy sort of tells him in a quote dream that he needs five sort of souls, yeah. and and these five souls then go on to you know sort of like courageously sacrifice themselves for for this ultimate fight, which. I would not have a problem with if it was the ultimate fight. Yeah. But it's not the ultimate fight. And at the end, it shows that the demons have, like, dropped and finished. Yeah. Right? After, after all of it. Which means, which leads me to be like, well, what the, what the bloody hell are they going to do about Lord Sazer and the rest of the Yeah, exactly. King Legion. And that's exactly (laughs) why I feel like, you know, it all adds up to a unfinished story which, um, got cancelled or canned. Yeah, a few episodes or a number of episodes before it was supposed to, you know. Yeah. I mean, because what this, what Mosaica as it stands reminds me of is, um, it feels typical of those kind of middling sort of nineties OVAs that um, that actually um, Mango Entertainment sort of pooped out. Um, in the early 2000s on on DVD, um, things like Vampire Wars and Sword for Truth, you know, it's that, it's just it's just that kind of generic, you know, sort of um, an hour and a half, two hours of entertainment, you know, action entertainment that 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 just kind of churned out. Um, so yeah, it just it just it's just Nothing special, isn't? I mean, I think it barely scrapes. I mean, for me, it kind of kind of barely scrapes past being decent, you know. Yeah. Um. I I I like redeemable features for it is just a, a few of the characters I found interesting. Yeah. A few of the backstories that a few of the side stories that um are going on are fairly interesting, but um a lot of the dialogue hints at certain elements of the story being more important than it turns out to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like this whole big deal about meeting up with the Alliance and this whole um, this, this whole sort of rescuing the, 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 the sister of, of the Alliance leader to deliver a message and stuff like that, but it actually turns out to be nothing. Um, and all these all these sort of... The only, the only bit of dialogue that actually leads to anything is the dialogue in the first part from the, the sage sort of traveling bard. Yeah. Yeah. Who um, kind of, who kind of is that expositional prop? Yeah, he is. <clears throat> he just adds, adds, adds that sort of context to, 
certain moving slow shots were establishing. Um, and mm, yeah, uh, yeah. If the show was about Jika and uh, Durahan, the wind, yeah, I would think it's cool. Yeah. So um, he, his story does have the most potential, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and of what little character development there is, there was a, a you know, they tried to, they did focus on him a little bit, but one of the things that frustrated me is actually the plots and reveals in this you can see coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. Not not to reveal what they are, but they are they are broadcast. Yeah, they are. They're, they're the most obvious things. <laughs> a mile away, you know. And I think it sacrifices an awful lot of character development to focus on the action, you know, because mm. it is a predominantly action. And yeah. that kind of why it reminds me of some of the other, a lot of, a lot of other of those nondescript, just churned out 90s OVAs. Yeah, and the problem is a lot of the action that it focuses on isn't that well animated. No. For an action sequence, so it's not it's hard to sort of get excited about it. Yeah. Um and it's really hard to sort of really just And again, and that's enjoy probably the action the, sequences. Yeah, and that's probably the third thing that makes me feel like those 80s cuz the other for an OVA, it just kind of feels churned out. And Studio yeah. Dean, you know, their work typically is normally very, very good. If you look at stuff like Pat Labor and um, uh, Mobile Legend, uh, Dina Giga, you know, normally very, very good looking um, animation. But yeah, Mosaicus is just run of the mill. It's not terrible. Flashes of stuff that look good, but on the whole, it's a very average looking um, yeah. anime. It really is. Mm. And I kind of, and it kind of then have, you then have the, um, um, you know, the Amazon woman, um, you know, Amazonian kind of girl, yeah. the sort of fan servicey. Yeah, the armor is literally nothing. Yeah, kind yeah. of nondescript. I don't know, feel, they feel a bit odd in it. Yeah. Um, it's weird because you'd normally have that sort of like, um, character. Who you know potential love interest be it's a, some sort of supporting thing that challenges the main protagonist. Yeah, but he literally has nothing. No, like, and, it, and that again that that supporting sort of thing is directed at uh, Duran, and it's yeah. just like it's a very weird dynamic of characters who are all like, who is he? Who could he be? Oh, I mean, you can see that coming a mile off from the get go, but for the very first episode, you know exactly like ah yeah. To be fair, come on. Yeah, now. I know um, it is. It's 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 absolutely broadcast. Yeah. Um, from the start, which again, it just it kind of feels like lazy writing. It does. it is um, lazy, and 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 Tamaru is just like the most un oh so the most boring character. He is. He's, and you know, I wonder if some of this, um, because Takahashi usually wrote most of his works. He mm. he was like a major writer for him. Yeah. And this was created and written by. Uh, Shiyama, who is predominantly a character designer, so he had very little other creative credits to his name. And I mm. think maybe that shows, maybe this is why it's his only one and only. You could probably imagine, oh, risky, risky, let me have a go, let me have a go, I want to have a go. Yeah, right. let me try, great let me idea. try oh, You know, you could probably imagine it been going on since like 1983 when he drew the characters for Votomes. Mm. And he's finally like, oh, go on then. Let's let's do this story, and then uh, Studio Dean like, ah, oh, you know, what is this crap? You know, we're cutting yeah. we're cutting off here. It's bleeding money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind exactly. of uh, kind of what it is a scenario behind it, which I think probably is too far from the truth. No, yeah, and the problem is like you're not interested in the world of Mosaica either, because like, what's not clear is Mosaica. I mean, apart from the expositional dialogue at the start, they say the world they're in is Mosaica. Yeah. But there's no world building. There's no, nothing that excites absolutely. you about this world. Yeah. And that, um, there's nothing that like tells you that it could have been anything fruitful in the yeah. past. It just looks like a blank slate, uh, 80s barren dystopia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and nothing like you know, uh, what was one of the ones we, we watched there when we looked at dystopian futures? Um, the, Bray. Or... Bray. Yeah. Um, 
there's nothing that sort of like hints and there's nothing in the dialogue or the characters' looks and clothing that yeah. sort of tells you that anything had been affluent in the past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. Uh, it's just a, a blank slate of a world. It is. There's no world build, no world building at all. <clears throat> and what you've <clears throat> got is a very set of a very set of, uh, a very standard set of stereotypical fantasy characters. Yeah. Um, you know, all masks and capes and flowing hair and, you know, the, mm. the, the massive broad antagonist, you know, which is very, very common. Yeah, trope towering, from, you know, eight towering, foot high. Eight <clears throat> foot high, six foot wide. Never see his face. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, you can just roll out the, the character design tropes, you know, you could roll, you yeah. know, play them out like a deck of cards almost for, uh, yeah. for this. Um, and it, you know, it just, and then on top of that, there's no world, world building at all. Yeah, I mean it is, it is massively middling, massively mm. middling. Um, it's middle ground stuff. It's not. It's nothing spectacular. Even the sound design is, you know. Yeah. It's on. It's on point, but because there's nothing that's extraordinary, it can't shine through. Yeah. Um, like and like compared to Arian, which had, you know, had that proper fantasy sword and sandals feel. Yeah. Had music and sounds which were absolutely on point and really drove the film along and the scenes. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't have it, you know. And again, if you Mosaica nearly has the same amount of screen time as Arian did. Uh, the four yeah. episodes, the actual screen time's only about twenty minutes if you exclude the opening and ending credits on um on Mosaica. It's only actually about twenty minutes less screen time than Arian. Yeah. And like, you know, Arian just does it, just does everything so well. Yeah. Just runs with it. Just runs with it. And it's, it develops characters, characters you care about, uh, characters, you kind of understand their motives, a logical story that has loads, you know, and, you know, as we said in the review for that, you know, there's a massive cast of characters, which are dealt with, very very well pretty very well yes and this has less characters in similar screen time that are that are um, underplayed underplayed yeah Yeah. Mm. the only thing they've got going for them is um, striking hair colours to say that they are the main characters (laughs) yeah another another 90s anime character design trope I think as well I mean going Mm. back to um, Professor Irony's um, question that he raised you know does this does this feel like um, the, the the director's sci-fi work or other elements of it? I think possibly Takahashi or Shiyama was trying to do it because um, both. I mean, you haven't seen things like both times and Dugram, but are very heavily political um, stories. Mm. You know, Dugram is like seventy-two episodes or something. Mm. Uh, Bo Tomes is 52 episodes and a load of OVAs that explain the backstory but it is very very politically driven um, even things like Gasaraki later you know in the late ni- mid ni- late to mid <clears throat> 90s um, Flag um, you know all his shows are typically very very um, politically driven and I think possibly there was it was trying to do something with it in here but just not done well, or maybe it didn't have the space. I don't know because, you know, the things that um, Takashi's done before, where he's done it, he's had loads of room. You know, he's had, you know, tens and tens of episodes to to develop a story and a, as characters and a world and everything. So, mm. I think he tried to do too, possibly tried to do too much, too little, or realised he couldn't. I don't know. It it doesn't. I think it must have been a series of unfortunate events that led yeah. to its early sort of anticlimactal demise. Yeah, and it and it and it just doesn't it just doesn't work as a story at all. No, um, you know. But things that I did like, I did like the Fist Fortress. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. You know, I thought that was quite quite an interesting design. Um, yeah, mm. the furry guy. I can't remember his name now, but he was quite a good character. Mm. Um, and yeah, first and fourth episodes were pretty good. They were they were good. I thought they were good action action episodes. You know, they were quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, and they that those the bit in between I thought was was a bit unexciting. But yeah, it was 
it had its it had its moments, Mazaika. It really yeah. did. And the other thing as well, the um Sazara's fortress, do you not think that got ripped off from Zardos a little bit? Mm. The floating head in Zardos? Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say so. I'd say it's a pretty big trope for its era. Yeah, I think you having I like think... a big uh, front-facing. I am the the big scary <laughs> boss of an enemy sort of because um, it was it was it was a thing in a lot of arcade shooters, wasn't it? Like yeah, um, that's that's a good point actually. Yes, yeah, I hadn't quite considered that. That type of thing was was very very common in in a, a lot of sideways scrolling shooters. So mm. yeah, so maybe that mixed in with a little bit of Zardos. Because um, Takahashi, I think, you know, I think in a lot of his works, if you look at a lot of stuff in Votomes, you can obviously see he's watched Apocalypse Now a few times when he directed the uh, Kuman Jungle arc of, of Votomes. And, and a lot of his things, you can see where he's picked up certain cinematic um, influences. And so I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if there's if there's a you know, Zardos was an impact on that, but yeah, absolutely. Shooter, yeah. shooter bosses definitely as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I think that probably brings that us does... back to an end. I haven't got much more to add to it. I think I think I've pretty much said everything I've wanted to say about Mosaica. Yeah, same here, really. Um, rating out of ten. Mm, I'm I'm going with. I think I'm going to go with a five. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. It has its moments. It's not, some of it isn't a complete waste of time. It gets off to a good start and a reasonably decent end. If you ignore the fact that it doesn't resolve the main story, it's it. You know the end episode is is entertaining. Um, mm. You know I think Takahashi did well to just drop fantasy and stick to um, <laughs> sci-fi and mecha. Yeah. So um, yeah, what about yeah. you? Um, I can't hand on heart recommend it. Um, uh, the only the only thing I'd say if you were to watch it, it'd be on curiosity and not recommendation. So four four yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. Whereas I would say if you haven't seen Arian, go out and it's an absolute must see. This mm. I would say only go and watch if you're a really, really big fan of Ryusuke Takahashi and you just want to see all of his, all of the things that he's directed and mm. for nothing else. Uh, I think anyone else will be sorely disappointed yeah. with it. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that'll be us. That Okay, that wraps up the reviews then. So, uh, right. It was a long episode today, wasn't it? It was a long episode today. It was a good one. Yes, yes. There's, there's a lot to say about these two films. Yeah, um, I think they they were good. Um, they, I, they were they were interesting for me because both of the guys who directed them have such prolific sci-fi, especially before they made, especially before um, Yasuhiko made Arian and before Takahashi made Mosaika. They had very very prolific um, mecha or sci-fi. Um, um, catalogues and discography um behind them so it was an inter- I thought it was an interesting take to see how they're um how they're how they lent their hand to fantasy mm, in some cases very well in some cases not very well at all no <laughs> okay so uh what we're going to review next episode so next time we're going to have a look at two anime based on fighting games yes so um, we're going to look at um, we're going to look at the Street Fighter 2 movie mm-hmm. um, and we are going to look at a, a, a slightly more obscure one um, directed by Masami Abari we're going to look at Voltage Fighter Gaokaiser um, and Gaokaiser was is an OVA um, based on the SNK um, fighting game so uh they should be quite uh, should be quite difficult enough to uh, to draw some good different comparisons on the genre. Mm. So we're both fans of fighting games. So, we are uh, big fans. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it compares to something as as strong of a brand as Street Fighter. Yeah. Because um, um, yeah, so 
Go Kaiser was a you know it was a Neo Geo arcade mm. game. Um, so yeah, we'll have. I'm sure that'll uh, generate some interesting discussion. So, right, where to find us? You can find the podcast on Twitter at RetroAnime. Uh, find us on Podomatic and iTunes by searching for RetroAnime Podcast. Uh, we have the website, Retro Anime Podcast, which uh, will be going through a bit of an overhaul. It's very, very basic. Apologies for that. Um, but, yeah, over the coming months, it will be going through uh, quite a major overhaul. You can email the show at uh, by emailing me, ian at retroanimepodcast.com. And you can find me on the Anime UK forums. Um, my username is Organ. Okay, Lewis, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and if any other questions, they can contact us on Twitter as well. Yeah, so especially ahead of the next episode, if they've got anyone's got any questions or comments regarding the Street Fighter 2 movie or Voltage Fighter Go Kaiser or any other of the uh, fighting anime, because there is quite a bit um, of anime based on fighting games out there, um, yeah, please drop us a line by any of the methods just described. Thank you, Lewis. Until next time. Yeah, and see you again soon. Take care. Say see you Zengun. <laughs>